0: Welcome to another episode of Inside the Firm. I am Al Ordinary Gore, because I ain't doing anything crazy like Lance. Huge computer, propane psycho. Uh, We are happy to be with you today. Just a couple things to get out of the way, which is if you want to up your game with Revit, go check out RevitRocketship.com, where yours truly teaches you the skills you need to know to be productive, to get your work done. Be efficient to be confident in what you're doing, so that you can relax and have a good time at work. Revverocketship.com. Check it out.
1: I need you to experience a collection of brands that brings your creative vision to life. The luxury division of Pella is a world-class collection of brands, including Duratherm, Riley, and Benelli, all pioneers of industry who provide window and door solutions to discerning architects, the building industry, and beyond. During this new year. We know how important it is to step back and spend time in gratitude. We appreciate all our clients trusting us with their projects in a record breaking year. We are excited and ready to take on the new year in 2023. The luxury division of Pella doesn't push beyond limits. They set them. Explore PellaLuxury.com forward slash the firm today. PellaLuxury.com forward slash the firm today. Check those guys out. They support us. You clicking on that link proves that we are sending traffic that way, and we are helping out with everybody's hopefully collective projects, making them, making dreams happen. Have you been to ArcCat.com lately, Al? Yep. Me too. The number one most used website for finding builder product information has a new look. ArcDate has updated their site to give you the data you want that, map, that map much faster. Their search now allows you to choose what kind of information you want, like CAD, BIM, or specs, and only get the results with that data. Arcat is also constantly fine-tuning their search engine to make sure you keep getting the information you ask for. Of course, it's free and requires no registration or login. That's right, no data mining. If you need building product information and haven't used Arcat recently, or have never tried Arcat, head on over to arcat.com
0: and try it out. You'll be glad you did. Back to you, Al Gore. So, on their web page, they always they have a background picture, and then they have a link. And this is uh, to, uh, Yeah, to yeah. this data center. Yeah, looking so. Cool. Looking so cool. AZ1 Campus. Even,
1: and I'm, if you've listened to this show since the beginning, you know how we started this firm. We started it working with Sumex and Arcat to help build their content library up uh, as soon as the transition happened, was happening from CAD to BIM. And as a long time BIM user since literally 2007. So, man, 16 years I've been working with Revit. Al, pretty close to the same we still go there and, and check out their libraries because their libraries save you so much time. They're well-built models. They're easily uh, manipulatable from a material standpoint, even sometimes with the flexing. They're manufacturer-specific. Just can't can't state it enough. Go to archive.com today. Uh, even just a little inside the firm talk. little
0: inside uh, the firm. I heard a couple of the guys talking about getting uh, files from somewhere else and literally just complaining about how bad they were. Yeah. 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 Anyways, uh, just quick updates. We are reading Seven Habits. We just finished the chapter, Begin With the End in Mind, and we are going to put first things first. Lance, I believe you had some examples uh, about with your end goal in mind. What do you got? Yeah, so
1: uh, it's so interesting, this book. This book is phenomenal From uh, your prof- in the ways it can help you both personally and professionally. And so I'll start with a, I'll start with a personal uh, story real quick, right? So just as an example, right? Beginning, think about that phrase, begin with the end in mind. It's how much more clear are you going to be able to define the problem and then solve the problem after you first defined what is the end goal that you have in mind, right? So probably guess you're probably guessing correctly, what is Lance doing this weekend? Lance is going fishing by himself. Up in the mountains, it is a long trek. It's th- it's uh, it's three miles up. I have a, if you're ice fishing, it's dangerous. You have a lot of things you need to bring. But the end goal is, I need to be there, on the ice by 7 a.m. Okay, so so what is all the things that are going to take that are going to lead me to that right? Uh I need fuel. I need bait. I need my all my equipment, and then uh, and then I need to go to bed by about 7:30, and my so my wife even knows. Last night we were just about ready to go to bed. And I go, Hey, I'm going to get up early tomorrow. So uh, it could on be, Saturday. Yep. So it would be great if I could go to bed at this time. So I just want you to be aware of that. Nothing and, against you. And she, go, she, she goes, no sleep. problem. We can, we can make that happen. Yeah. A hundred percent. Professional wise. Right. I think then I, like now I'm thinking about a good example here is like, one, one thing I think that's super helpful is, Uh, if you're in the architecture world, if you're in the building world, even if you are just a consumer listening to this show and you're like, I want to build a house. Okay, great. Now let's start defining the house, right? Let's start with money. What is your budget for the house? Uh, My budget is a million dollars. Okay, where are you going to build the house? In the mountains of Colorado. Great. Let's let's then stop, pause there, and let's take one million dollars and let's divide it by four hundred dollars, four hundred dollars per square foot to build, and let we come to the number of twenty five hundred. Beautiful. I think the house you can afford, sir or ma'am, is a twenty five hundred square foot house. Now let's now now tell me about the spaces you want in the house, yep. and I will give you feedback as a, as a as a seasoned architect of whether I think we can meet that square footage goal after we know your space program. Let's say they tell me the space program, and I'm like, "Yep, I think we can make that happen." Great. Last question: Tell me about the style you're looking for. Fantastic.
0: I'm gonna write you a proposal. That was like that worked on two levels. Not only did you answer fantastic, maybe their style was fantastic. My style. What's your style? Fantastic. <laughs>
1: yes. <laughs> yes. I, uh, if if there's a potential client listening, can you please email me and say, "Hey, I would like a fantastic. I would like a a house in the in a style that is fantastic." Yes. Twenty five hundred square feet. My budget is one million. We'll make that happen for you. Yep. So yeah. So then we can we know the end goal. Great. Here's how I'm going to help you as the as a seasoned professional get to your end goal. And there's so many examples of that in between. Um, but this is all coming from the Seven habit the the book we've been reading, which I think Al was going to give us a. I'll tell you the reading assignment real quick here. You, it, it's put first things first. Is the next chapter. And it's and in depending on the book you have. It's pro- it could be between pages 186, 168 and 212.
0: Yep, that's yep, all, yep. 168. Gotcha, yep. gotcha. That's where you'll start and go to yeah. 212. Yeah. Cool, cool. Yeah. Um, in other news, AIA predicts a slowdown of construction spending. Uh, this is a quick article, but while spending on non-residential construction picked up momentum towards the end of 2022, construction spending will moderate in 2023 and slow significantly in 2024. That is what I heard from one, some of our big contractors because what should have been in the pipeline to be built in 2024 has been paused mm. and not went. So like 2023 is slowing down and then there's kind of like a little cliff of things going on, on the. and this is on the commercial side. They didn't really touch on the residential side. So, despite macroeconomic headwinds such as inflation, rising interest rates, and re- yep. weak consumer sentiment scores, the forecast um, is pro- projecting non-residential uh, ugh, non-residential construction spending to grow 5.8% in 2023, but slow under 1% mm. in 2024, which isn't too bad. Um, here is a quote the us economic economy will contribute continue to <laughs> this is well he's down. the us economy will continue to face serious challenges as we move through 2023 dampening the construction outlook said AIA chief economics yeah. Econ, ec, economist kermit baker awesome name awesome name however healthy architects and contractors project backlogs should ease the negative impacts of an economic slowdown. So there you go. That is, I think it's kind of spot on.
1: Well, uh, go back to that quote. Can you please just one sec? I really like Uh, that quote. It's okay. You don't have to. Basically, the backlog. You don't have to go back to it if you don't want to. The backlog was very critical. And you know what's interesting? We talked about making sure you had a backlog recorded so you could project projects. You could project projects. how, just how, how much of a backlog you have in terms of money in terms, of, and then you do the math and you see where you're at in terms of, uh, you know, what it costs to run the firm each month. So stay ahead of the curve. Be proactive. If you haven't started that backlog yet, you should start that backlog. We use QuickBooks and basically we put in estimates. So if you're using FreshBooks, I know Mark LePage uses that. Put it in that way. Whatever. whatever. If, if you're just a one-person shop, maybe a spreadsheet wouldn't hurt and you set it up so you're billing against it and yep. you can see what's left. Super helpful to project. Um, and then, yeah, because, like, we have a, we do have a nice backlog right now, so it does feel pretty good. You know, maybe we can weather the storm. And it could be this weird soft landing like everybody's talking about.
0: Let me go off stri- script a little bit. Okay. Um, people that we know in our industry, the AEC industry, are still hiring. Yeah. We are not hiring, and Lance can correct me, unless our backlog increases. Yeah. Like, Unless the backlog really increases. And even then, I'm all about this AI, son. Yeah. I'm all about this AI. So going off script is that I think people might catch up to our position here in a couple of months when they see maybe their backlog isn't growing. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of graduates that mm. are coming out. Um, there might be a soft market for them. I, and, and maybe it'll be fine, but maybe they just won't get or three offers maybe they mainly only get one offer if they can't get an offer what should they do and second question any advice for how to deal with it
1: huh. there's a couple things you could do and i it, the one the first one that i'm about to suggest is or or that just give it's an option is uh, one that al tried uh i don't know if it was helpful uh yes. because the, the problem is is that the recession that we were born in lasted much longer than one year, which is yeah. you could go back to school for something, right? You could go back to school for something and, and try to gain another skill, right? That, that, that's something you could do. I would, if it was, if you truly couldn't get an internship, um, I, think, I think going into the trades is always a good idea. Whether you're working for a plumber, a general contractor, a framer, something, a tiler, something like that. I think that would be, it cannot hurt, it cannot hurt what you're doing at all. Okay.
0: And there's a huge shortage for that. If you have to or choose to do any of what Lance says or what I said, the other thing I would just convey to you is, it's okay. Go do it and you might be better off. And here's why. Mm -hmm. One, you could go to school. I want to add on to your debt. Um, when I went back right. to school, I, I, I was in the Army National Guard. Um, I was very frugal, so the amount of debt I added with that second master's degree was pitiful. I think I paid it off in two years. I, I doubt a lot of people are in that same boat. It might be hard to add even more debt onto yourselves. Trades is a good idea. The common one is construction, going to construction mm-hmm. somehow, which is Obvious. kind of what you're saying. Obviously. Here's one for you, Lance. Go into the manufacturing sector. Interesting. I even mean be a line worker at an auto plant at one of these new chip plants, because I think the government wants, and I think a lot of companies want manufacturing to come back here and to come back to Mexico. So your and while, while you are in that role, if you ever choose to be in that role, not only be a good productive worker, this is your time to like ask questions, look around, how do these factories work? Not only because you might be designing factories in the future, but like, how do factories work and how could this help construction in the future? Mm-hmm. If you spent two, if you were a really good designer, a hard worker and spent two years like in a manufacturing plant and didn't just take the woe is me. I just showed up and, you know, did my whatever task I was doing, but like, Oh no, like I got a layout for how it worked. I uh, talked to like the head of the, uh, who runs the assembly line all the time. Like I really investigated. Like I drew out, you know, like the plant just yeah. like in my spare time, just to see how things go, like. And, and if I was a company, like, yeah, we're trying to get in that sector. That's actually kind of cool that I, you did that.
1: I feel like uh, I could have answered that question a little more succinctly if if it would have been. And it's not a offense to you or anything, but like, what like, what what not to do? Don't go back to school, just to take on more debt. If you went back to school and you didn't have to take on more debt and you were pursuing like. Like Al did, a master's in construction or something like that, construction management. Cool, whatever. I mean, I, I don't think that could hurt. It couldn't hurt. You, you got to be wary about like getting in the uh, in the weeds with um, maybe just becoming a career student. What are some other things though that you would that you would say not to do? I would say like don't work at Starbucks, don't work yep. at some giant big box corporation.
0: Yep. Uh, I don't work at the post office. Like.
1: <laughs> don't go into, don't go and don't do this. Don't, I don't think you go into, even though they're hurting for help, the planning department, work for the planning department. I don't no. think you go into the building department, work for the building department. I mean, you, there could be the benefit of if you had the right colored lenses on, I think, when you went into those places where you saw like, oh, here's how it works, here's what they're looking for for approval. But I, what I worry about is like if somebody goes in and then they try to come back and they bring that to practice, you know, in terms of like, we're going to practice like the building department. Like, oof, that sounds terrible.
0: And obviously, if you have to take these jobs to feed yourself or your family, go for it. Get after it. No big deal. Um, I agree with all those. I just don't know if we ever thought about back in the day or if many people are thinking like, yeah, I'll go work at a factory. I'll go work at a chip factory or a car factory. Yeah. Probably. I think you should.
1: Yeah. It's interesting just thinking about the processes and how it might make your brain turn.
0: And how computers work. Talk to the, you know, a machine's going to break down. Like, talk to the coder. Oh,
1: I don't think there's coding anymore either. That's the other thing, too. I wonder if there's any
0: coding. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's just uh, off the cup. Another thing I just wanted to share. This is a hard segue into this. I saw this. It's Trulia. Um, It was a graph. It says no expensive housing markets build much housing. So, if you're in an expensive housing market, it means you don't build much housing. And there's a graph. And on the left-hand side is how much uh, medium asking price is per square foot. It goes from $100 up to $600. You can guess that Detroit is down at the bottom, lower than $100. Mm -hmm. And San Francisco is around $600 a square foot. Now, the bottom side of the graph, going from left to right, is annual units built per 1,000 units, right? From 1990 to 2013. Um. Detroit hasn't built much, but then you look at basically like Las Vegas, Raleigh, Atlanta, Phoenix has built a whole bunch. And guess where their price is? It is below $200 a square foot. There is no one that is building more than, uh, what is this, 30 units per thousand that has a price above $200 a square foot. There is no one that is efficiently or uh, massively producing housing that has a high asking price. Every single housing city that has a high expensive housing market is not building that much housing. It's crazy how supply and demand work, Lance. It's so simple. It's kind of so too complicated for us to kind of break down. I don't understand. That I don't understand Basically, Low economics. supply equals high yep. demand and the other way. So I don't know if we could ever... It's kind of like quantum physics. Like you just you can't understand. I'm not it. Elon. I'm not Elon Musk. Not Elon Musk. Maybe if you take a look, if you check out YouTube at, uh, and take a look, maybe that could explain it. But like, I uh, the big reason why is because planning departments and government officials can't understand this, and so there must be something wrong with me too because I, I think I can, but it's probably like that quantum again. I just things pop up, you know, and there's strings. There's probably strings in here. Yeah. With the theory. Yeah. So that's what I have, Lance. Yeah. Uh,
1: Okay. I have a last little bit of stuff. Here's a a great article from uh, LinkedIn. Economy expands at a healthy clip by Kate Chapman. So the economy expanded at a 2.9% annualized rate in the first three months of last year, slightly slower than the prior quarter, but still above the pre-pandemic level. And then there's a there's a guy, in, uh, we'll go further on down that, says, I love it. Too long, didn't read. Perfect. So he gave us the <laughs> cliff notes. Uh, U.S. GDP data for the fourth quarter exaggerated the strength of the U.S. economy, which has been in slow but positive growth mode for much of the past year. Headlines look good. The Bureau of Economic for, for Economic Analysis published its advance print of real inflation-adjusted GDP for Q, Q4 2022, and it showed solid growth, 2.9%. Quarter-over-quarter quarter annualized, that is a little stronger than the pre-pandemic trend around 2.3, but the underlying trend is soft. So things are going great, right? No, not quite. Final domestic demand spending by households and businesses and the government grew just by 0.8%. Quarter-over-quarter annualized in quarter-four. If you exclude the government and look just at the final demand by the private sector, very critical, it grew by just 0.2%, barely above zero. These aren't impressive numbers well below the pre-pandemic level. So third and final, what is going on? We've seen a lot of volatility in the GDP data during 2022. GDP growth in the first half was negative. Most of that volatility has come from a fluctuation in business inventories uh, and trade deficit. They subtracted a lot from GDP growth in the first half, added a lot in the second half. Growth in the final domestic demand has been much more stable, 1.3 in quarter-quarter uh, 1.2 in quarter two, 1.5 in q3 and 0.8 in q4 as we mentioned earlier this economy this is an economy that is in shrinking or in recession but is growing below the pre-pandemic trend we'll see if that changes in 2023 so it was a weird year last year um it's hard to say you know what's going to happen but it seems like it's just going to kind of be the shakiness so what can you do get that backlog recorded understand how much work you have do not ever 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 uh start cutting your marketing costs because you have to keep getting new work if anything expand your marketing costs get lean and mean read two second lean get on the two the seven habits book uh train with us and uh see what you make Make and, and last but certainly but not least Go to revitreaction.com. Check that out. Make yourself super, super efficient with Revit. Make yourself a four-person firm if you're a one-person firm. And if you are considering uh, trying to extend the workload, check out architectsguide2.com and see how you can become an architect builder. Awesome. Let's bring down the crew for ARE Jeopardy. Here
0: we go. Okay. Everyone ready? Question numero uno. The portion of a means of egress system that leads from any occupied portion of the building or structure to an exit is called what? Is it A, exit doorway, B, exit access, C, egress access, or D, coach prime? What do we got? B, B, B. It is B, which is exit access. Coach Prime would have been acceptable. (laughs) Question two. A continuous and unobstructive path of vertical and horizontal egress travel from any occupied portion of a building or structure to a public way is called what? Is it A, means of egress, B, exit access, C, exit discharge, or D, Coach Prime? C. A A, means of egress. Coach Prime also would have been acceptable. Yep. Yep.
1: All right. Question number three. Which of the three design options are not one of the top three to be considered when designing an elevator system within a building? A, the size of the elevator based on the building size and occupant load. B, the number of floors within the building and overall height. C, projected maintenance of an elevator. D, elevator cab capacity and speed. Which one is not, which one of these four is not considered one of the top three top three uh, considerations. <laughs> C is correct. Whoever wrote down C. Number four, which, what are the following sites typically do not need to be studied and tested for presence of hazardous materials? Is it A, chemical plants, B, factories, C, power plants, D, gas stations, or E, landfills? Oh, indeed, Ross. Ooh, indeed. <laughs> Here's a trick, y'all. All right. What do we got? Wrote a letter. Correct answer is B. Factories. What do we got? Did Coach win?
0: Yeah. Coach! <laughs> Where, what are we doing for lunch? Keto bar. Let's do it. That's it.
1: All right. If you like this episode and you're watching on YouTube, please make sure to like, subscribe, leave us a positive comment. If you're listening on iTunes, leave us a five-star review. We'll see you next week. Thank you.